Hi guys, you're back for episode 5 of Pints and Pundits and in today's show we're going to be looking at Manchester United. It's been 7 years since they won the Premier League title. Can they still be considered as a big club? We're also going to be looking at the transfer of Wamba Saka, Bruno Fernandes and the potential of Harry Maguire coming to United. We'll also be taking a quick look at the Glazers Out protests. Let's go. Producer Bav, welcome back, mate. Cheers, man. Good to see you. Lovely, mate. Look, so loads to jump into today. Yeah, a lot, a lot on. Uh, so going straight on to today's mm-hmm. uh, first topic on the agenda is: um, Are United still a big club? Uh, before I want to get your opinions, I just want to read out a few of the facts on this. So our last Premier League title was back in 2012, 2013. Good old we days. Last, <laughs> the good old days, mate. We last won the FA Cup in 2015 and mm. 16. EFL Trophy in 2016-17. Europa League final we know in 2016-17. Um, our Premier League finishes have been seventh, fourth, fifth, sixth, second and sixth um where what are your thoughts on this are we still a big club it's one of them things that a lot of fans have held on to isn't it um you know we've spoken on fan cams and when we've spoken to fans about possible transfers they always say you know we're the biggest club in the world we need to do this we need to do that like you said commercially revenue wise um you know fan base wise we probably are but if you're looking at performance on the pitch and you know recent years of trophies we're just not there peaky but is this the kind of thing that kind of uh you know, kind of coats it a bit for fans at the fact that, you know, we still manage to see, sell out our stadium every single week, mm. uh, 75, 76,000, whatever it is, you know, there every single week, yeah. regardless. We saw the season finish on relegation form, um, yet we had a packed house every single week. Fans yeah. will always turn in, always turn out. Um, is that what kind of gives us that false hope of, yes, we are still a big club and masks uh, a lot of yeah. the cracks? Yeah, I think a lot of it's probably still hanging on from the Fergie days. Obviously, we built that reputation up as, you know, such a successful club, biggest club in England, most known club around the world. Known worldwide, you know, whenever we've visited Old Trafford, uh, so many people from so many different countries we meet there uh, regularly as well. You know, Asia, um, Australia, America, all, all over the world, they come and they come to see Manchester United. But I think kids growing up nowadays, it's, it's not going to be a case of you know they're going to be sporting Man United from the off because it's most likely they're going to be sporting the likes of you know uh, Spurs, City, and back back to Liverpool now. Um, I think, like I said, I think we're hanging on a lot to the, the the past, the past success. And you know, if you look at the likes of Real Madrid, who have won four out of five Champions Leagues in recent years, and we've done what in seven years? Absolutely nothing. We, I can't. I don't think we can say anymore that we're the biggest club in the world. What do you think? Do, do you, well, I was just going to ask you just quickly. Do you fear a little bit? Then you mentioned then about younger generations, you know, growing up and supporting other teams mm. if they're more successful at the time. If we have a period of time like Liverpool, where we don't win the league for a number of years. Um, are we going to see where the new generation obviously don't follow United and we see the fan base maybe shrink a little bit as yeah. kind of generations go on if we don't get back to kind of competing for titles? Yeah, I think we still do have that hold over that kind of young generation that we are Man United. We still have that aura about us just because it's, it's still there. We, we can feel it. But, you know, if we don't do anything big or get back into that contention within about five or so years... I think that aura is going to slowly die away, unfortunately. I think, like with my, you asked like my thoughts on it. I, I agree with you in, in in what you're saying that commercially, yes, we are still a big club. We still managed to get um, a lot of the big commercial deals to mm. financially put us on top of the table um, in terms of you know how the club is run. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to see, and I know we're going to go onto it a bit later about the Glazers out protest if they do end up selling the club, um, what direction we will take. Um, and then in that sense, if we have an Ola, and you, you only have to compare it to, I think Man City and their owners have put one billion pound into the club mm. on transfers and the Glazers have taken it out. Um, and it shows that, you know, 
United are kind of falling away on the pitch for sure because we're not investing in the way we need to be to be dining with the big speaking, boys. It could be a decade before we get another title again from when we last won it. Yeah, from in 2012, 2013, it could it could be another decade before we're crowned champions again. What does that tell you about the club? Biggest clubs in the world don't wait a decade to win a Premier League title. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's the biggest or the most concerning thing for us fans, especially through the Sir Alex Ferguson era where, um, you know, even if we won the Premier League title, similar to what Man City do now, they'll go and sign players mm. um, for their squad. They're not just resting on the players they've got and whatever. They're always con they're con constantly looking to improve their squad um, and players available. Um, look, that, that's our opinion as fans, but put yourselves into the shoes of a player of, of a club mm. who's looking for a move. Um, would you consider a club like United, a team, as your first choice where you would like to go and play? Or would you be more happy going to play for the likes of Liverpool, City or Spurs? I think right now, if, if a player's out there and he's looking to, if he's, let's say he's 21, 22 years old, he's, he's classed as one of you know the brightest young talents in the world. If he's got a choice between City or United or um, you know Liverpool or United or even Spurs United now like in today's climate, I think he's going to not go for the other way. I don't think he's going to want to come to United right now in the situation we're in. We're in, we're in a building phase. We've not got the Champions League football. Very uncertain as to the long-term strategy of the club. Whereas you can go to City where Pep's playing amazing football. You can go to Liverpool where Klopp's got an amazing project going on. Um, don't, don't like to say it, but he's, he's doing really well there. And you've got Spurs who've just gone into a brand new, uh, really good stadium. Pochettino's reached a Champions League final. Those three clubs have got strategy. They're progressing. They're, they're going in a direction to success and staying at success as well. Whereas... We can't even touch success right now. And is that the worrying thing for us as a football club that the the model or the vision or strategy, of you, as you mentioned, has changed so much since Sir Alex Ferguson left with the, the three or four managers that we've had come in? Is that what, as fans, you know, we're struggling to understand what is our strategy? What is our system or style mm. of play on the pitch as well? Yeah, this is obviously going back to the overarching topic of the whole the director of football um, argument, you know, that we, we need someone in to put a strategy in place. Until that's put in place and we, we know where we've got a year-by-year -year plan of, okay, it's top four this year, then it's competing, then it's winning the title, then it's uh, getting back to the, you know, finals of the uh, European Cup. That's when we're going to get a bit more structure in place. But to say right now, Man United are the best club in the world, um, I, I'd say you're selling yourself a lie there. How much longer can we um, allow, or will the um, the board, if you like, or, or the owners, allow Ed Woodward to stay in control of, it seems, absolutely everything and all the footballing decisions at the football club? Um, we know he is um, well under par, you know, for that position of bringing players in. For me personally, I think he's absolutely ruined the whole transfer policy of the football club. Mm. And I think that's why we are struggling to bring, bring players in now because of um, the silly money we've paid for players previously over the last few years. Um, but then also... Um, you know, the wage structure as well that he's implemented. Um, mm. How much longer will that be before we see an actual director of football come in? Um, and secondly, will the director of football have much control or will he just be a bit of a scapegoat to take a bit of the flack yeah. away from Ed Woodward if things don't go right? It's, it's a question I can't answer right now because there's been so much uh, hanging over it over when it's going to happen. There were, there were talks in February, March time that we're looking for this sort of role. It's not been filled yet. Fergie's given his um, kind of his opinion that he wants Steve Walsh in. Um, that looks like Edwards, Edward was just rejected that. Woodward don't want to give his power up. I think Woodward would still have a lot of power in terms of the say of uh, kind of how much they're going to be bidding for a player, maybe even say we want this player for commercial reasons. I think the d director of football or sporting director, whoever comes in, it's going to be more of a role that he'll be playing with Oli in terms of um, you know strategy of the club, uh, 
whether we're going to be going down the road of youth, which it looks like we're doing with Daniel James and Wamba Saka, or if we're going to be going for big names, uh, you know, like Bale, that's been mentioned. And you are, are you happy to see the club taking that approach now? Where we're am, going yeah, back yeah. into the market for I, younger players? I think players? it does show a little bit of intent, and it shows that um, Ollie's had a bit of a say as well. That look, we need to get back to the days where we're bringing in youth, bringing in players that are exciting. Um, British that want to play for the badge. Um, we we know that mm -hmm. Wan-Bissaka and Daniel James are going to come in and they're going to give it their all every game. Um, unfortunately, we've brought in players recently that haven't done that. Obviously, look, big football clubs also require big um, football players and you know leaders on the pitch as well. You've just mentioned we've got two youngsters who we've brought in now, in Daniel James and Wan-Bissaka. Um, how important is it now that players like Jesse Lingard, if he's going to remain a Manchester United player, Paul Pogba, if he's to remain a Manchester United player, um, step up now and lead by example to show these youngsters, look, mm. um, you know, this is what it means to wear the badge. We've seen it on social media um, over the whole sort of last season, also during the off-season now where yeah. these guys are on social media, um, which I don't think people would have a problem with if they're pulling their weight on the pitch and performing, which they're not. Yeah. Um, but how important is it now more than ever that people like Jesse Lingard and Paul Pogba really step up and show these youngsters the way? Yeah, they've, they've got to definitely set an example. Um, Paul Pogba, specifically, if, like, if we're going back to the topic of being the biggest club in the world, you need to have some of the biggest players in the world as well. He's yeah. definitely one of them. So, you know, if, if we lost him, um, might be a bit of a damaging blow to, to the club uh, because we might not be seen as that, you know, they've got one of the best players in the world sort of thing. Whereas yeah. we've got De Gea and Pogba right now, who two are the best in their, in their positions. So, um, obviously, we, it's very key that they play their part of the club they're strong role models and, um, you know, drive us into a, a route of success that does get us back to the heights of um, being mentioned in the same breath as Real Madrid and, and Barcelona. Because right now, we're a million miles away, Peaky. Obviously, miles away. again, yesterday, another another kind of um, thing we touched on yesterday with when um, when I sort of spoke to a few of the fans at Old Trafford, um, we were sort of talking about leaders um, mm. and we felt, or, or someone, one of them mentioned that Ashley Young has kind of been kept on probably as a, a bit of an experienced head in the dressing room. Yes, he probably won't play as many games next season mm. with Wan-Bissaka coming in. Um, look, over the years, we've had great leaders uh, and, and legends of the football club in that dressing room. Roy Keane, Gary Neville, Vidic, uh, Ferdinand, the list goes on, it's endless. Um, to think that we've got Ashley Young as kind of the the most mm. experienced player in that dressing room at the moment, um, and, and it tells and a lot that, about the club. Is that is that yeah. a level of where we're at? Yeah, it tells a lot about what we've kind of come to. Yeah, um, not recruited correctly, you know, for a number of years now. Um, let me ask you, Peaky, like in terms of when you speak to the fans, do you think a lot of the fans are a little bit deluded and they still hang on to the you know biggest club in the world sort of? Yeah, tag, I, th I think so. I think yeah. so because I think it hurts. I think in internally, you, you know, you don't want to you don't want to say you know we're not you know, we're not the biggest club right now or we're not the best club in Manchester. It's not something we're used to saying. Of course not. Look, you'll always kind of fight your own corner. You'll always back your club. You'll always back your team. But then I think there comes a point in time where, as fans, we have to hold our hands up as well and say, you know, look, being honest, we're well off the mark. Um, and definitely, um, you know, we need to, we need big changes. We know that in the football club. But yeah, for sure, we're well off the mark at the moment. Right, so Peaky, it's been um, been pretty busy in the transfer window. <laughs> Finally, yeah. something's come through. Yeah, last couple of weeks. <laughs> so we've got two players through the doors now. Obviously, um, Wednesday 26th, uh, David Ornstein on Twitter from the BBC broke the news uh, that Wan-Bissaka signed a deal um, in the region of £45 million plus £5 million in add-ons, looking at around about £80,000 a week on the wages. Um, it's actually United's fifth biggest ever signing uh, behind Pogba, Lukaku, Di Maria and Fred. Um, it's been going back and forth for the last few weeks. It's finally happened. It's finally gone through. Yeah, it's um, finally gone through. Um, 
tell us a bit, a bit about them. Yeah, I think, you know, I think uh, going on to the transfer, because a lot was made about how long it took to get done. Hmm. Um, I think, you know, it could have been done quicker. But then at the same time, we have to kind of bear in mind that he was, uh, Wan-Bissaka was going off with the Euro. The Euro it was always going to be a bit delayed. Uh, and to be honest with you, if England progressed, you know, in it the Euros, longer, it would have yeah. been even longer. So in hindsight for United and being a bit selfish from that point of view, got England bit, got yeah. knocked out and it yeah. kind of went through. Um, but look, going on to him, uh, we know from his stats, uh, just go through them, that he was um, ranked number one in his stats for defending last season. His clearance is 129, uh, 129 um, tackles as well. His success rate in tackling was 94% and his take-ons 90, interceptions 84. Um, and I saw a stat yesterday that combined with all of the players who played right back for United last season, he outdone all of them combined on his yeah. own. Um, I'm sure he would have done a lot of defending last season uh, with a club yeah, like Crystal Palace. Of, yeah. Um, but what I've got from him as well, and I think um, Wilfred Zaha come out yesterday as well and made a comment um, about him when, when asked, like, what's, what's he like as a player? Uh, and he goes, unless you speak to him, you don't really hear a lot from him. He doesn't really chirp up a lot. He comes in, works hard. That's what you want right yeah, now. Yeah, gets his work don't done. Want another, don't want another social media genius. That's the thing. And I think, I mean? you know, in, in today's um, in today's uh, kind of um, whole era, if you like, is to see a player who just keeps his head down, comes in, does his yeah. graft and goes home is Stat, quite The stats speak for themselves as well. To see him number one in all those, uh, all those rankings, um, it's pr pretty amazing that we've got him. No, 100%. Um, you know, other clubs after him, Spurs are after him. I think he's going to come in. He's going to slot right in. Would, it, would he have been your first choice right back? Because I, I think he was. He's been the main, obviously, right back yeah. we've been linked with. Is he? Was there anyone else out there who you would have maybe preferred to see coming? Are you happy to see? I mean, I saw glimpses of him play throughout the Premier League season. I thought, you know, he's, he's looking good, but I think it was only his second full season. Yeah. At, you know, on a you know in the Premier League. Um, so I was a bit wary, but as soon as the season finished and we were getting linked to all these players, his name just kept popping up. So I looked yeah. a bit more into him, looked a bit more into his stats, the way he played, and it's, it's exactly what we needed. And, you know, we, we've been speaking the past couple of weeks. He's the one, I think, the key position of getting sorted first because that right-back spot... Since Gary Neville and Wes Brown, it's not been filled fully, How frustrated were we at games last year, when yeah. uh, last season, when we'd come out and we'd just be like, how can anyone not see that we need a right-back yeah. or we've not got a Look, better right-back? Kudos to Valencia. You know, he'd done a job there. He'd, he'd done the job. Makeshift right-back yeah. as well, really. Yeah, makeshift. Um, Ashley Young, obviously, might not, have been Young. His, yeah, might not have been his <laughs> fault. You know, he's been placed there by various managers. Again, it's not his natural yeah. position. Yeah, he's, he's a winger at the yeah. end of the day. He's just been converted. Um, Dallos came in, bit played a bit bit part, um, but now we've got a a player who's a natural right back. Um, defensively, stat like we said, stats speak for themselves. Going forward, I think helping him with um, attacking players that we're going to be having in our team. Yeah, he's gonna. I think he'll be chipping in with more assists. His his attacking stats will rise because we'll be playing attacking. I was football. just gonna say because obviously that was highlighted quite well. That look attacking wise, um, I think he only had about three assists last season, and 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 he could do with a bit of work moving mm. forward. Um, but do you think, obviously, being in, at United, is it the right kind of environment yeah, for him? Yeah, he'll have people to aim for. I mean, look look at uh, Palace. Who did he have to aim for? He had Zaha and Townsend. Townsend they're, up they're, top. You know, they're ball-to-feet players. Yeah. Um, which which Wan-Bissaka has showed. He showed where he can cut in. He's not he's not an Alexander-Arnold where he's going to go on the outside and whip, whip a ball in. in. Yeah. He cuts in. And from his time, he used to be a striker when he was um, uh, getting into the game. Then he moved out to a winger. So he does have that attacking ability in him, that, that kind of mindset. So it's just about kind of seeing it flourish. The, the only concern side. I kind of had when I saw him play a little bit last season is sometimes he got or looked like he might get caught on the ball at times. Um, I don't mm. think he was being relaxed on the ball too much. I think he was just very confident on the ball. Yeah. And he's happy to it with him. It, 
you know, with it at his feet. Um, I just hope, you know, he gets off to a good start, you know, when mm. he's in the first team, gets a good couple of performances under his belt yeah. um, just to get his confidence Hopefully we up. can see, hopefully he's probably going to have a little bit of a break because he's yeah. been away with England. Um, but hopefully we can see him in a few of the pre-season games and see what he's got to offer because he's going to be... Uh, him alongside Daniel James as well. Um, there's a lot of pace in that side now. Definitely. Just straight away added. And now I'm quite confident defensively, attacking-wise as well, that we've got Shaw on the left, we've got wan on the right, and we can go down either flank now. Two good fullbacks. Yeah. And I think like Luke Shaw, um, I think before he had his horrific injury, I think he was doing yeah. quite well. He's, he's getting back to that level now. He had, he had a good season last season. Yeah. Um, player of the season player as well. Player of the season as well. I think he, he had a good season. I think it was a bit overrated as to people saying he was amazing. How good it was, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he'll flourish even more this season with kind of Oli um, having a having a set structure rather than two different formations you're playing throughout the season. And one thing like I think we've lacked as well in the Manchester United team since Sir Alex Ferguson left uh, and something I think we've been used to as United fans is having attacking fullbacks who mm. overlap and get beyond yeah. their wingers to get balls into the box and whatever else. Do you think Oli's going to look to inject that back into his style of play now with the two fullbacks in Luke Shaw um, and Wan-Bissaka? Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's going to be one of the key key areas and when you've got Daniel James as well to provide that pace on, on, the, on the side and if we do look to get someone on the right hand side as well has got equally as much pace it's going to be it's going to be exciting generally when we're attacking the uh, teams lower at the table because we'll just be pelting at them yeah or even when we're in a game against you know top six team on the break we're going to have pure pace and i think forwards. that's the thing we've lacked over the last few seasons is where we used to pin back other teams wingers and fullbacks by getting our wingers and fullbacks on and we've kind of invited that pressure on because if we've not played that kind of wide attacking style of play. We've pro mm. tried to play everything kind of through the middle where it's too tight and yeah, whatever it gets, else. It gets slow and then Pogba's on the it ball. It breaks down. Yeah. It just breaks it's down. Gonna, if Pogba does stay as well, it's going to give him options as well. More yeah. options for him to get creative as well. Um, speaking of creative players, another player that's been in the in the transfer talk for a long time now um, and was mentioned this week is Bruno Fernandes. Yes. Um, they're saying it's a hijacked deal that Liverpool are going for him. I've uh, got sent a couple of WhatsApps of him on a plane and I somebody, somebody sent a screenshot saying, where's he you going to be going to Liverpool? <laughs> He's kind of hinting at it. Um, what do you think, Piggy? Do you think Liverpool are going to get him? Are we still in for him? I don't know. I think the club is still resting or relying a lot on what's going to happen with Paul Pogba. Yeah. Now, the biggest kind of concern I've got with that deal going through is that when the British or the English um, transfer window closes. It's before the European market does. Yeah. Um, so we can still sell. So that's what I. Buy. That's what I think. I, I think. I, I don't think Ed's gonna. I think Ed's smart enough to not get United in that sort of position. I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope so because I, I don't want a position where we don't bring a central midfielder in and then Madrid or Juve come in for for Pogba and, and you know he goes yeah. once and the window's thing is closed. We're, we're flying out next week for the tour, and is he going to be on that tour? Well, this is the thing. What I, I I'm really struggling to understand because Oli made it absolutely crystal clear he wanted to get his business done early yeah. doors. So when I think he club, regrets that. Now, Big time. Gonna it's not going to happen. Yeah. I think maybe he come out and said it to make a bit of a statement um, so the board would back him to get his business yeah. done early. Obviously, it's not happening. I think the board told him a few false truths and said, look, we'll get you these players by X amount. And uh, and, this, and this is what a lot of people go back to with, even when Pogba was brought in. Did they yeah. sell him false hope and false dreams? Are we going to yeah. bring in these players and whatever else? Um, Andy Tate yesterday from Full Time, Devils made a point of it of, are we kind of just not able to do more than one transfer at a time? Uh, mm. Madrid have wrapped up about five signings. United have struggled to get one over we're the more, line. We're more concerned about doing a big marketing campaign than actually getting the players in. Yeah, That's what we're more concerned and about. And again, it relates back to when Ander Herrera left and they did that whole marketing piece and yeah, video 
go around oh, him. So silly, man. And, and, and like you said, the club are more focused on doing stuff like that than actually just going in and getting business it's done. All, it's all image to to, to, to Woodward's. But so. Fernandez look like hope he comes in because like we saw it, like his his contribution from midfield, Amazing goals stats, and assists, yeah. and I think we could do with a player like that. Yeah. Um, if we if we is identified as a player we need to go and get, they should just go and get the business done. Yeah. Regardless if Pogba stays or leaves, I think we still need another central midfielder. Yeah, especially with Herrera going. We, either I'd, in that sort of position, I'd take him or Madison. Um, I'd probably one pref- of the two. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably prefer Fernandez just because there's a lot of hype around him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But another midfielder that's that was kind of on our radar is uh, Tanguy Ndombele. Yeah. Uh, reported uh, Sky reported that um, a, a record deal has been agreed for um, Spurs in the region of 65 million, making him a record signing for Spurs. Um, he was on our radar, very exciting box to box player, dubbed as the next Michael Essien. Um, did United get snubbed on this one? Did he did he pick Spurs over United? You Ma- think? Maybe maybe so. And um, I'm not too sure how this transfer went through. Um, but somebody did tell me. Um, uh, it was actually on Stephen Houston's podcast. He mentioned mm. um, he was speaking to somebody who um, there was a player who came in. He was a right back, and he was reluctant to say his name to the yeah. information. And, yeah, yeah. And he went to Tottenham, and, and Pochettino, you know, wined and dined him at the stadium, Sh- showed him around all, yeah. everything. And I think Sir Alex Ferguson used to do that a lot back in the day. Um, but then when he went to the United offices in Mayfair, um, the gentleman who obviously I, I, I can't, I don't know if you know the name off the top of my head. I don't know, but the, the gentleman who Matt sat Judge, him down. Yeah, that's yeah. it, Matt Judge sat him down and asked his name. Uh, who he's yeah. played for his, his I think there's, 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 a sim- there's a similar story when we were trying to go in for Aaron Ramsey back in the day yeah I just, think um, I think yeah Wenger gave him the whole tour and then they sent Gary Neville to um, give him the tour of United when he wanted Fergie to so yeah. it's probably not something little uh, tactics like that and, yeah. and, and again like the whole thing about uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to going back to that biggest club in the world we're like yeah you want you want to play for us rather than we know, actually want you type yeah. thing you know and that's, that's biting us that's biting us in the arse there, but with, with Ndombele look he's the sort of player that United need we need a box to box midfielder we need somebody he would have been a about. great uh, replacement for Pogba in terms of energy in the middle of the park. Definitely, and and, and that's the thing I, I'm struggling to understand because we lost out with Herrera leaving, mm. and he gave us something different in the middle of the park. Technically, yes, he wasn't the best, um, but he just ratted around a lot and you mm. know broke play up, and he was happy to get in people's faces. We haven't really got a player in the middle of the park yeah. who can do that anymore. Maybe Fred. I think I think if you give Fred another season, we're going to talk about Fred a bit later in the podcast. Yeah, and players who need to prove themselves this season. Well, but, he um, needs to, for me. He has to be given an opportunity now because yeah. look, for, for signing for fifty odd million or whatever it was um, for him to be sitting on the bench is simply not good enough for us yeah. uh, he needs to be given an opportunity um, look another player who's been strongly linked with both Manchester clubs um, mm. and it looks like something's going to happen with that is Harry Maguire mm-hmm. we understand obviously both of the clubs in Manchester are after him um, City I think have been coming in for him after company uh, announcing he's going to be finishing at the club or did last season we know Leicester aren't desperate to sell they have no need to sell they don't yeah. need the money uh, they're holding out what is believed to be around 75-80 million pound it's a lot of money a for, lot of, for him is he worth that in your opinion, I don't think he is peaky. Is it just a media hype now that I've hyped him up over the last few sort of weeks? Yeah, I think I think obviously he's got a lot of hype because he's English. Yeah, um, obviously had a decent performance at the World Cup. Uh, been one of Leicester's better players uh, over the past few seasons. But I just I just look at him and I don't think if if we if we brought him in obviously we'd be better defensively without a doubt but I don't I wouldn't be confident in our defense. He still looks prone to a mistake or two. I don't yeah. know if it's just me watching that. There's, but there's something in him where I wouldn't have a hundred percent confidence. Trust all, yeah. yeah. Whereas if you brought a Delit in or a Koulibaly out of Virial and you know we're playing it around about the back or if we're you know uh, one nil up with ten minutes to go, I'd be quite sure that these boys are going to. Keep it I, th- I think we just need somebody as well who's going to come in and actually just take control of that back line. I think Victor yeah. Lindelof has come into his own. Um, I think he is now, we've seen that kind of consistency mm. in his performances, 
but I still believe he needs a leader next yeah. to him. And um, another question is, Peaky, if, if let's say we do sign Maguire for a record defender fee, let's say 80 million, there's going to be some big, you know, opinions on him for that sort of price. He's going to be under scrutiny. Can, he, he? can he handle it? Obviously, Van Dijk's done a really good job at, you know, just proving everyone wrong yeah. and being basically becoming the best centre back in the world. I don't think Harry Maguire could become the best centre-back in the world. No, again, I don't think he's going to be able to come in and, like you said, uh, perform um, at that level what's going to, you know, like you said, get him them rave reviews and, mm. and, and whatever else. Um, in my book, I still think he... I, I like the way he carries the ball out from the back. I think he does that very well. Um, yeah. You know, he's quite confident in doing that. But like I said, defensively, I just I just do worry that he needs... Um, again, is he a centre-back who needs um, like a leader or somebody who's a bit more composed at the back next to him? Mm. Um, I would much rather we would have gone and broke the bank for De Ligt. Um, I think he looked more assured as a centre-back. Yeah. He would definitely have been a future United captain, captain Ajax at 19 or whatever it is. I definitely think he would have gone on to captain um, Manchester United as well. Yeah, I think we've definitely missed a trick there by not going for De Ligt. So um, we'll have to see how that progress, but we know we need a centre-back um, yeah. and, and we know we need to, I, I, again, do you just go and chuck 25-30 minute total be um, Alderweireld and bring him in for a couple of years until we. It's, it's, I think if we're going to buy a player next, um, it's got to be a centre back. Hundred percent. From midfield, Let's get centre back first sorted, then move then on to midfield. Move on. Um, going a bit further up the park. Yeah. Uh, Romelu Lukaku, um, obviously been on the cards for Inter for a good couple of weeks now with his comments he made last week as well. Um, Sky Italy reporting today that um, Inter are preparing a nine million loan deal for two years. Yeah. Uh, with the obligation to buy for a further fifty four million. Um, <coughs> Bit of a strange deal there, but I think it's mainly because you know just don't have the, the cash, funds at the, the moment. Cash up front, yeah. so it's a kind of a way. And obviously, to it shows United off. probably have, have written off any kind of swap deal because they're on about a swap deal with a Cardi, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've probably written that off. Yeah, I don't think that we obviously don't want a Cardi. Um, yeah. Otherwise, a swap deal would, would have taken place. So I think that the, the loan deals to kind of help Inter out in terms of. There and is that a sign of how desperate United are just to offload him? Yeah, just to, well, if, if he's coming out and making comments like that, you don't want that in the club. I was going to ask you in, in comparison, you had Paul Pogba on his uh, Adidas tour of Tokyo when he came mm. out and, and said openly that he feels it is time for a new challenge for him. Then you had Romelu Lukaku come out and said, like, the club know what his kind of stance is. He spoke to his agent, his agent spoke to the club. So he made it pretty clear in more of a subtle way that he doesn't want to be at the club. And fair play to him. Um, do you agree or are you happy with the way he came out and kind of did it where he said the club kind of know my views on it and where, where I stand mm. and left it as that rather than going off and speaking publicly to the media or on yeah. social media? Or it's it's like? one of those positions as a player, like, whatever you say, you're going to be... It's, judged on it yeah, anyway. there's no right or wrong. Like, yeah. like you, you're going to be in the shit either way. So whether you come out and say, if he comes out and says I'm staying, and then he gets sold, people, you know, people are going to say, well, you know, he's talking shit the whole time. So why, why didn't it work out for him at United? Because obviously before he came, first season to us, was a good season, man. Yeah, it was a good season. And people were very excited when he came in after seeing what he did at, at West Brom and, yeah. and when he was at uh, Chelsea. I think, it, I think it's just the appearance of the work rate because you, he's a bit. Yeah. It's top heavy. He looks heavy. Yeah, he? top heavy. Walks around. He came back in one season a little bit overweight as well. Um, if 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 Rashford was pulling them numbers out, uh, we wouldn't be saying get rid. Yeah. If Mar Martial was pulling his numbers out, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be saying get rid. It's because his, of his work rate, I think, um, and just the style of play. And I don't think he's going to suit Oli's style of play. I think he's going to go on to Inter and he'll probably be banging 30 goals a season. See, the thing is, for me, what frustrated me a lot with him, for a big man up top, even when he wasn't having the best of games, he could have still put himself about um, and, you know... Um, uh, kind of rough with the feathers of the defenders, but we didn't really see that a lot mm. um, either. Yeah, did want, we? that's his sort of game, and it was limited of seeing that sort of style of play from him. 
So it looks like from the comments we've, we've just had and obviously what we've seen online, uh, he won't be missed at Manchester United. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for him, but we do wish him all the best. We, yeah, uh, time I, think, I think he'll do well. Um, but yeah, we've got two players through the door now and uh, hopefully next couple of weeks um, during this uh, pre-season, we can get a couple more. Fingers in. crossed a couple more come in. Right, guys, so it's that part of the week where we take on the viewers' questions that we've been sent in over the social media platform. So thanks for sending all the questions in. Uh, jumping straight into it then, Producer Pav. This one's sent in from Busby Bave 7 um, If Pogba stays, do you think the fans will boo him? The comments he made recently were disrespectful to the football club. Uh, thoughts on that, mate? I think if he's, I don't think he'll get booed on, from the off. I think if he's, um, if he's doing the usual stuff of walking around the pitch, not tracking back and... Uh, just if you can tell he's not putting his all in, he probably will get booed. But I think, uh, I think from the off fans will kind of just see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. I think look, it's a, it, fans are going to see it as a fresh start, fresh challenge, yeah, you new don't season. Start off with negativity, definitely. Well. And we've got two big games. Let's not forget yeah. Chelsea and Wolves away. Two tricky games. If we have bad results in them two games, it could um, kind of you know put the pressure on immediately mm. on the squad and Ollie. But hopefully, I think he'll step up. Um, you know, and I, don't, I don't think the situation is going to come off because I think he will. He will go. So. Do you think he's going to? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think no hope there. Up. Then yeah. <laughs> thanks for sending that one in, Busby Babe Seven. Uh, Ricky J saw your recent video on Marshall and Rashford. If you had to pick between the two who would you go for cracking question uh, a tricky one because they've both been awful <laughs> <laughs> season or two ago I would have said Martial 100% yeah because he, he had he bags of talent every time he gets on the ball something you're kind had, of on your edge you see it again a little bit of that Ronaldo factor when Ronaldo's on the ball you're like okay, he's going to do something here yeah. same with Martial a bit as well but last season like he was so on and off and expected a lot more from him so right now I'd probably say Rashford just because he's a bit younger um got that still got that kind of Man United feel about I, him I, I would kind of stick with Rashford as well purely because Martial one thing that just frustrates me with him is mm. that arrogance where he if he's not interested he's not interested yeah. and he just he, he just doesn't uh, look like he's up for it a lot of the time I th either I think in terms of potential Martial's got a lot more potential yeah I think you mentioned it on the video that um, Ricky J here is talking about that he said if Martial was under Pep Guardiola he'd probably be you know one Flying. of the one of the top players in the world I think but, but do you think this is we might see different is he the sort of player who needs more of an arm around him at times and yeah. you think Oli might you know you know kind of know that and, and be well, able I think to it's going to be interesting next season obviously Oli was an incredible striker and he showed um a lot of improvement when Rashford was scoring it during that during that run um and he improved Rashford's finishing um a lot so maybe you can do the same with Martial positionally and um, maybe give him a chance know, up top where we know we know he wants to yeah, play get, get those numbers back up brilliant thanks for sending that one in as well Ricky on to the next one Andy 99 I think next season is going to be very negative similar to what Arsenal was like during Wenger's latter years do you think it's going to be a toxic atmosphere Pav on to you for that one first I think we experienced a bit of that in the last two Definitely. Uh, games. Definitely, 100%. Away and yeah. Cardiff at home because we were doing the cams and we were um, outside the stadium and even when we were watching the game as well and you can feel a lot of toxic atmosphere. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of split and divide opinions as well yeah. amongst the fans. Uh, regarding players, regarding yeah. whether it should be Oli in. Um, I, think, I think the season's going to start well but I think it could very easily get back to that stage given a run of bad games and... Mm player performances and potentially not getting the right um, the right transfers in as well. I think that's going to be the major factor. As you, as you just mentioned, the, the right transfers. If we start the, the season uh, two or three players short mm. of the signings that we know we need, I think we're in for a long, long, hard season. Um, I think Oli's going to be under a lot of pressure as well if the run of form is bad leading up to Christmas. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's not going to get to a stage where you've got, you've got fans coming out saying Oli out. That, no. That's, that's not going to happen. But I in think terms of actual... An atmosphere of, you know, where it's just pure negativity, clubs going nowhere, bored yeah. out, that sort of stuff. It, it, 
don't want to say it could it could get to that. It could, it could get, get to, to that. that yeah. Let's hope not. Let's hope they start the season well and you know confidence is up, you know up from the yeah. start of the season. Uh, bleed red zero uh, eight. Everybody keeps saying it would take two three years before we compete again. What would need to be done in this window for us to actually compete next season? Um, big ask. Big ask. <laughs> I don't think we've got enough money or time yeah. now. Um, um, hypothetically speaking, if you were to say if I had an unlimited. Uh, check to yeah. go and buy any player to, to, to compete again I'd probably say firstly you're keeping Paul Pogba yeah. um, keeping De Gea uh, getting in Koulibaly and Alderweire two brand new centre-backs I'd say if we kept them two players as you mentioned we brought in even just one of one of two of them centre-backs and maybe say a central midfielder like a do Fernandez you, or, uh, like a Fernandez yeah. do you think then we are in a position where you know what actually we can go because we've got, what we've got uh, remember is Chelsea obviously can't sign anyone this year they're yeah. going to have to say it looks like Frank Lampard coming in Arsenal and us are going to be probably competing for that fourth spot yeah. do you think potentially we could go and get top four if we sign you know a centre-back and a centre-midfielder if we kept De Gea and Pogba, yeah, yeah, I th- it's possible. Like you said, Chelsea look like it's going to be a tough season for them. Yeah. New manager um, losing Hazard, losing Hazard, can't sign anybody. They're going to have, have to play a lot of youth. Um, it's going to be City, Liverpool, or Spurs for the, the top three top spots. Three. So it's possible we we could be fighting for that fourth, but it's all with some butts, man. Like we we could we could be finishing sixth again. I won't be surprised. See, the thing for me as well is it's not just on the field matters at the moment or anymore. I think you know the whole kind of. Um, uh, thing about Glazers out what we're going to come on to uh, a little bit later and the whole uh, Ed Woodward still being kind of in charge of all football related topics it's kind of a lot of um, you know atmosphere and, and whatever else tension on the club and mm. fans as well there's just a lot of things underlying issues I think isn't there so many peaky you know? so many unresolved situations at the club um, I'm just hoping Ed pulls his finger out and you know and, 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 and I suppose the issue is is them problems off the pitch they're the things that are actually having an impact on things on the pitch as well yeah. um, which are affecting it all, it all, it all collates together because yeah. the players see it all happen um, if there's a negative vibe from the fans it, it gets bled it out, out the, yeah. to the fans in the stadium yeah. and then support will die down and on-field performances then take a hit so it's um it, it all connects and it just needs to start connecting uh, positively back, piecing back together yeah. guys thank you very much for sending in your questions this week don't forget if you've got any questions you'd like us to feature on any future podcast uh, you can send us uh, direct messages on any of the socials at peaky pundit uh, or leave your comments in the section below if you're watching this on youtube uh, and we'll be sure to pick out um, some of the ones to feature on our shows and um, right moving on to the part of the show where we talk about general topics and news um this week's general topics is uh, staying with manchester united <laughs> uh, normally we try and talk about other things in the football world but we're staying with United uh, we are of course going to be talking about the Glazers out trending on Twitter uh, we know there is um, a kind of mass protest being lined up for Saturday second, outside second time it's trending now. second time it's trending in, in a week um, so yeah. obviously this one's picking up a bit of traction yeah the kind of third event of it obviously we had the unfollow United during yeah. the season and that one kind of fell away didn't it yeah it wasn't a bit. it kind of started and stopped yeah uh, Glazers obviously a couple Glazers out uh, hashtag a couple weeks ago and then they were kind of planning it over the, over the past week, wanting everyone to um, post at a certain, I think it was Wednesday, yesterday at 8, just eight, past 8pm, yeah. they wanted everyone to post so it gets all at the same time. <clears throat> and they went number one trending in the UK. Um, I think United have seen a bit of uh, a reaction. We've seen a reaction from United because um, MUTV do their fan phone-ins and I think they've momentarily paused that because they expect a lot of anti-Glazer calls to come yeah. in, which they don't obviously want to... Um, have to broadcast and take the flak off. Yeah. <laughs> so I think United, are start, United as a club are starting to take notice, but 
don't know, Peaky, what, do you think these hashtags and these campaigns and possible protests on Saturday is going to have the big effect? I don't think it's going to have a big effect. I think, look, it's highlighting the problem. Uh, the world media are picking up on it. The uh, social media is trending. So it's people all right highlighting the problem, though, but it's, you, need it's a plan, you need yeah. a plan in place. 100%. And uh, again, speaking to a few of the fans yesterday outside Old Trafford, mm. um, a lot of them were saying, where is going to... Look, we can't stop fans going to games. As a fan, I wouldn't want to stop going to a game. Um, I wouldn't... Fans are always... Look, I think a few of the boys said it on the full-time Devils as well. 50,000 people stopped their season ticket. Another 50,000 people have come in. It's, it's a fact. Like, it's a fact. The, the season tickets this year sold out, I believe, in record time. Um, they're all, the prices are still very high. People are paying and people are still buying the shirts. It, what? It's, what, it's what you've got to do. I think one thing that probably happened that where United would take notice if, if there's a if there's a certain minute in the game where something happens and all the fans See, that for me would be more impactful because say if like on the 80th minute or 75th minute, all the fans say, right, we're going to walk out. It'll be seen on the cameras as well. Because it's being broadcasted, that's going to have more of a visual impact Mm. um, and affect the club. Also speaking to Webby yesterday, who has a lot to do with the Manchester United fan clubs um, at Old Trafford, um, he was also mentioning that, look, buy your season tickets, buy your tickets going to the game. But where it's also going to hit the club is if you don't go and buy your half-time beers or or, or, mm. or food, if you don't go into the club mega store and buy the merchandise, because obviously that's going to have a more of an impact on, yeah. or, or some impact on the football club um, and the Glazers. Um, and, and, you know, uh, it's just it's just big um, concern, I suppose. And one thing I always think is the the, the people who work within the football club former legends of the club and whatever else, they must be under contract, obviously, where they can't come out and say things, what they're actually feeling yeah, emotionally inside. For the club, so they can't How hard must it be for them, you know, working and seeing a club that they've played a part in to build up to where mm. it's got to now? Yeah. Kind of crumbling. It's not, it's, not, it's not nice to see. It's not nice to be a part of, obviously, they have to play their part as, you know, representing the United brand. But... Um, When's it? When's it going to end? I, I don't know, Peaky. I don't think it will. I think as long as you know we're still in that top half of the top seven, six spot, um, we're still commercially bringing in the revenue. Got the sponsors coming in. It's just going to keep rolling. Where, where, where do you stand on it? Because look, uh, people who I've seen um, online have come out and said, look, people who run YouTube channels r- are involved with the fan channels, this, that, and the other, should be coming out and doing more online um, content you know to talk about this mm. look we're a relatively new channel we thank and, and and really appreciate all the support we get from our kind of small fan base at the moment yeah. but we are growing we're going in the right direction i'm quite happy to sit here and talk about it because i'm um, um part of this platform where it's talking about a football club that i love i'm emotionally attached to absolutely much yeah. like every other fan what is your stance on this and the whole glazers out protest as a fan i don't, I don't think obviously i don't think glazers are the right owners to to begin with, obviously, you know, you've seen all the pictures on social media and all the stats coming out about how much they've drained from the club, how much they've actually invested themselves, the amount of times the club's been refinanced, interest paid, it's apparently going to take over 150 years for the debt to be cleared, cleared. off. There's all of that in there. But then again, people can argue that, look, we spent all this money in all these players in the past six or seven years. So it's, it's, it's a mixture of structure, um, debt, finances, amount of b- being taken from, you know, dividends, directors, fees, all that sort of stuff. If we do, if we could get an owner that's gonna, you know, come and buy the club and run it in the right direction, absolutely, I'm all for it. But right now, I just, I just don't see any change happening structurally. See, for me, I've, I've come out and spoken. I said about the Glazers um, are running it as a business, so it's doing whatever it is for them. So it's fantastic um, for a business point of view from them. But look, as a fan, I want my football club back, like many of us do. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm emotionally drained and tired of seeing us being run through the mill, uh, money being kind of um, dragged out of the football club as well, not invested back in the right ways. Uh, and, and you know, as they have a responsibility as owners to have the right people in the right positions. Mm. Um, 
clearly they're not doing that. They've got Edward Wood in charge for commercial deals and all footballing matters because they know he's doing well in, in, in bringing money in, but they should keep him to that. Um, but look, I, I'm, I'm for this green and gold till United it's a sold. Topic that's, I, think, I think it's going to probably be trending again. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see how this protest goes on Saturday. But ultimately, the only way it's going to happen is if somebody with £4 billion comes along and uh, makes this offer yeah. you know, to buy the club. So if there is someone out there who's listening to this and has that kind of <laughs> pocket change about come and get in contact with us and we'll put a plan together. All right, so final part of the podcast, Peaky. The weekly interactive yeah. section Peaky is back. Peaky versus Pav, so uh, it's uh, two all, <laughs> two all on yeah. the uh, leaderboards. Um, if anyone's watching or listening for the first time, we uh, do a little bit of a trivia, a bit of a quiz at the end of the uh, podcast to test uh, Peaky's knowledge on United and just kind of football topics. So uh, this time around, um, it's based on United okay. um, statistics of yep. players. This is Premier League only stats. Right. Um, so we've got three questions here. We'll start off with the first one. Uh, so Ryan Giggs has got the most Premier League appearances for Man United with yep. 632 appearances yeah who are the next three players down that list with Premier League appearances yeah Gary Neville uh, I'm g- I'll give you two three goes on this okay yeah. uh, so I'm, uh, uh, the next three yeah next three down most appearances in the Premier League has it got to be in order no just just, 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 just three, three players yeah. um, Premier League appearances T- yeah, I'm gonna go. Well, you kind of gave it. I'm, I'm gonna go Gary Neville for one. Okay. Um. Come on, man. There's a lot of players you can pick. Yeah, from. I know, but I'm trying to think of like the ones that filtered out towards the end of the nineties. Um, I'm just gonna put it at Rooney and Ronaldo. Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you missed, you missed one of the biggest ones there. Paul, Paul Skulls. Skull, uh, Four hundred ninety-nine. Yeah. Had. Then it was Rooney, Rooney, three nine three. Then it's Keane, three two six. Keane, yeah, what is Ronaldo? Yeah. Ronaldo's ever nah, <laughs> bad start. I thought you can ease me oh, into mate, it. I was expecting better. I, I, there. I thought I'd give that one away to you. I thought give you a little um, head start. Cool. So, which player received the most red cards in the Premier League for Man United? It's got to be Roy Keane. Isn't it? Surely it's got sure. to be. <laughs> Have a think about it. What other players have we had? I'm not saying you're right or wrong. Is it got to be Premier League? This is again Premier, just Premier, Premier, Premier League, League era. It's either got to be Keane or a centre-back. I'm going to start putting a timer on these. <laughs> yeah, I think. Can I go into Google quickly? And, uh... <laughs> Mate, I'm stumped. I'm going to go I'm gonna go for Keane. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's Keane with seven. Was it? Yeah, <laughs> Is no, he trying to throw me Yeah, Vidic closely behind with six. Six. Yeah, so... This is the decider now. Decider one all, mates. Take it 3-2 oh. overall in the series. So Rooney's got the most Premier League goals for United. Yeah. 183. Who's the next three down? Doesn't have to be in order. In order. Doesn't have to be in order, but the next three. Van Nistelrooy? Yeah, you got two more to go. But if you get one wrong, that's it then. <laughs> okay, Nistelrooy. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Ronaldo. Nah. <laughs> nah. nah. No, not even Ronaldo's in there. So it was... Um, it's Rooney first. Yeah. And then Giggsy behind with 109. Yeah. Uh, Skulls 107. Skullsy. And then this draw with 95 goals. Yeah. So uh, I'll, take, I'll take that Three one. Three two then. to producer Pav, mate. I can't wait to get some more people on the <laughs> podcast as we're going to in the next few weeks and yeah, you can have it yeah. out with them, mate. <laughs> it's 
three, two. But guys, listen, um, that's uh, the end of this week's podcast, episode five. Thanks for tuning into the Pints and Pundits podcast. Um, if you haven't already, guys, uh, and you are watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button uh, below. If you're listening to this on the go on your podcast, um, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and leave us a review as well. Uh, we look forward to bringing you our podcast next week, episode six. Uh, and don't forget, if you've got any questions you'd like us to feature, just send us a little message on any of the socials at Peaky Pundit. Thanks for tuning in.